back for episode three, and we're starting off with a correction. Oh. Not real life. Jackie Mac 21 okay. pointed out that I was wrong. I had said that CT was 38 because to me he's ageless, and I want to believe that he's the same age as you and I. He's actually 42. Okay. So he could definitely be on the Challenge All-Stars. Yeah. Or more accurately, all these old heads, mm -hmm. they could be on the regular challenge, which I think I would prefer. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, let's do some introductions. <laughs> I'm John Chidley Hill. Are you okay, man? And I am Sheldon I'm Alexander. Doing okay. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge, talking about All Stars Season 2. We also had... Uh, oh god, I gotta scroll through the mentions. Um, we also had a very nice comment from Drew Hans, okay, who pointed out okay. that this is mm -hmm. our 14th consecutive season of the challenge that we are covering. Sounds like a lot, and he's it sounds like a lot, yeah, it sounds like we don't have a lot of personal lives, <laughs> and I assure people we do. Well, it, it's been funny, right? Because for me, I don't know, like there's a, the, this pod has been interesting, right? Cause I feel like this pod has been a connecting pod for me. Cause there's a lot of people now that will message me because a connector pod and what I mean by that, I'm going to explain. I saw the look on your face when I said that, but what I'm saying is I do, Sheldon, you know, I hate people. No, no, no. But I'm saying like, I do like basketball pods. I used to do a Raptors pod after every single game. And so, but through this pod, Every time, like, there'd be people from all over the place, right? Like, people from Portland. Like, we have someone who likes to show Blazer Girl was her handle. Obviously, a Portland Trail Blazers fan. So now, the introduction is to, obviously, the challenge. That's how we connect. But then the messaging continues because we end up talking about Dame Lillard, right? And Dame time. And who doesn't love Dame time, right? Or, you know, there's just other people. Like, there's someone else from Oakland. Uh, Jessica. Jessica always messages about, you know, when uh, the Jays got Marcus Simeon, for example. So we'd always talk about that. And it's like the challenge pod has been so interesting to me because, you know, you, we do all these other projects, but it brings you to someone's social media where I'm talking about random baseball or basketball or whatever, but it all comes back to the challenge and, you know, makes it feel good. It does. You know what also made me feel good? We sort of surprised everyone with episode one mm -hmm. of reviewing, recapping the challenge All-Stars 2. Yeah. And it was fun just seeing the mentions light up. Yeah. When people were like, oh, shit, like, here we go. Um, well, one thing we try so to do is we, we try to be, Valdez. we try to, sorry, I'm interrupting you, but we try to be like totally okay. straight up about it, right? And I think we talked about it on the episode uh, when we were reviewing the last season that, you know, if you guys want us to do it, we'll do it. And hey, that's the truth. So here we are. Yeah. And a lot of people want us to do it. I was going to say, some people that were excited and tweeted at us when they saw that we dropped a new episode was uh, Rochella Valdez, um, Laura Hopcroft, um, AK, better known as Aaron79706109. Really rolls off the tongue. Uh, Matthew Stasoff, um, God, Chris Housenjan, I already mentioned Drew Hans, uh, Lindsay, the list goes on, Clem McConnell, Jake, Jake Campos, 
uh, Diane Feely. So thank you to everyone for all the love and support. We appreciate it. Uh, it really makes my day, especially because sometimes my mentions are filled with hate. So this is, it's always nice to have some positivity in on the timelines, in the mentions. It's definitely been super interesting, right? And you look at it and, and for me, it's been interesting. You see the same thing and then the episode starts and what we've been talking about so much about the love of this season of the Challenge All-Stars has been the music. And so when you start and it's that intro to Nas Got Yourself a Gun, I'm just like, it's a oh. banger, even though they're playing the edited version where it's just got yourself uh, and it pauses, right? But even still, it's still such a like really cool way to start the episode and get me hype and get me right back into it. I mean, I'm going to just straight it, say it straight up. This is my song of the episode. I love Nas. I think longtime listeners know that you're a big Jay-Z guy. I like Jay-Z. I respect Jay-Z. I'm not the Jay-Z guy that you are because mm -hmm. I was always a Nas guy. He's fallen off. I can no, admit no, he's no, no, no. Nas's last album that just came out, I want to say a couple it weeks ago. Good. I actually really liked it. That was really, really good. It was like classic, but, classic Nas. But Stillmatic and Godson okay. are my two favorite Nas albums. Same era, mm -hmm. late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. And Got Yourself a Gun or Got Yourself a <laughs> for the clean version, which is what we heard, yeah. was, I mean, that was the hit single off of Stillmatic. One of the hit singles off of Stillmatic, but that was one of the big ones. So I remember so. going to see Nas live. He did a show because there was a documentary for, I want to say, the 20, 20th or 25th anniversary of Illmatic. So there was a documentary and the show was basically the doc. And then he performed the album. And it was absolutely incredible. You had front row seats to it. One of my friends got front row seats and it was like amazing. Like it was such a good show. Such a good show. It's, I mean, I saw him at uh, the Rock the Bells tour with a tribe called Quest. Yep, yep, yep. And I mean, they were right up there for two of the best performers. I mean, that was a, a ridiculous lineup mm -hmm. <laughs> that year, but... I mean, Nas, he's just, you know, obviously his father is a very successful musician and having two generations of being professional musicians, it shows he's, he's different, yeah. you know, someone say he's crowned the best lyricist. Who's to say? See, it's not, just not an argument I'm going to have right now. You know, I'm in a good mood. Everything's all <laughs> right. Just watch a couple episodes of the challenge, you know, everything's all right. So I have a question for you, Sheldon, mm -hmm. as we get into the recap, beyond just talking about how I love Nas. Okay. Who the fuck is Sophia? <laughs> like, she popped up. I'm like, who yeah, is this Yeah, but I, see, I have that reaction with a lot of the people on this season. So, and just on the challenge all-stars, because like the early, my early challenge watching is all a blur. Like there's certain things I remember, certain people I remember, like even Jody, right? Like Jody, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. No, I kind of remember her. Tina, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of remember her, but there's still people that are like, nope, don't know who that person is at all. And yeah, Sophia was one of those people, but this was a really like serious, serious thing that went on here. And I don't know if they gave it enough uh, airspace. And I, I'd like to go back and maybe do a 
do a deep dive if like more info came out on this whole hair situation because it, it was really weird how they kind of touched on it but then kind of just let it go and then showed that they were really mad at each other but didn't go in on it at all and i wonder if you know because you know what happens a lot one of the cast members will do an interview or talk about it or just tweet about it now and whatever this era is 2022 we're in um so i don't know if that's happened and i'm sure someone in our mentions will let us know but yeah that whole thing was very strange and i feel like you know to me and obviously you know like black hair is a very interesting topic to begin with and you know for people that might not know like i just thought it was very interesting right and and you know i wish they gave it more airspace but i understand why they didn't because again we're into the cookie cutter challenge and it's only 10 episodes and maybe if this was like the bigger season of the challenge they would have done a fuller breakdown to like fully explain what was going on but i thought sophia's reasoning for being mad made sense like it was triggering for her right and like you know when you're talking about having certain type of texture or certain kind of hair and then someone does your hair in one way and then that becomes like a traumatic thing because kids are very mean and kids are making fun of you and then now in your adult life you probably don't even realize how much that stuck with you so when it comes up it's like oh so I thought that was interesting and I, it made me not like Ayana at all because she just kind of disregarded that. But I also don't know if Sophia explained it as well to her as she did to John A. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend like I understand the intricacies <laughs> of taking care of black okay. hair. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I will say that I do think that people their trauma, for lack of a better word, sneaks up on mm -hmm. you, sneaks up on you sometimes. And I think that was part of what was going on with Sophia. Because, like, obviously, she asked for her hair to be braided. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly she got upset about yeah. it. I gather because so, of how it was done. So sorry, I'm going to jump in but here because like, there's a spot that there's a thing that an added context that I feel the need to add, to add here that some people might not realize. So there's a part of this whole narrative, right, of black people, black women, especially when they end up on TV and how they do their hair. You heard it talked a bit with Big T and talking about her wigs or even um, um Davon when she was on for a couple seasons, right? And like you bring the wigs, but do you let it go natural? And that's like a huge, huge, huge thing just because of, you know, the deeper layers of straightening your hair and making your hair look like white people's hair and like all these different layers that go into history and like, you know, like honestly, this is like a deep rooted thing. I, I will say though, there's a great doc if this for some reason interests someone listening to this a great great doc by chris rock actually called good hair it's a oh. really good movie and okay. it's like it's not like saying documentary obviously gives you one portrayal of what this is and you're thinking why would i want to watch a doc about good hair like that makes no sense but it's chris rock so that will give you a little more insight and it's him basically um 
deep diving into the topic and learning more about it and really explaining the deep rooted history of it and why it's such a thing, the different intricacies of it. It's just, it's a very, and obviously cause it's Chris Rock, it's going to be funny and it's informative. And yeah. you know, he goes and interviews a bunch of different people to talk about it. But my point of bringing this all up was because this is a really, really, really big thing in terms of how you represent mm-hmm. yourself and how you represent, you know, for lack of a better term, us on camera, right? And so when you heard Ayana say to Sophia, oh no, like I wanted to do your hair because you're not going to go out there with your hair looking all wild, right? Like that's triggering for sure, right? When you you bring it, mm-hmm. you put it in that context of you're going to go on TV or you're going to be in front of these people with your hair all quote unquote she didn't say this, but I'm saying it nappy looking. And so we understand the connotations Mm -hmm. of all those things. Anyways, I bring all that up just to say, Hey, uh, good hair. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. But if you just look up Chris rock hair, the movie will come up. I'm sure it's available somewhere. Great, 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 great watch. That would give you more insight into what was really going on here. And I kind of wish that they elaborated on it more to explain to people because it's a learning point right and I, I, the last thing i'll say on this because i think this part is very important this is for the <laughs> i'm tiptoeing around how i say it but i shouldn't tiptoe i'm just gonna say it this is for say like it. no 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 i'm i'm saying this for because i know i've been in this situation before and when you're close with people or you're you're friends with white people who might not be familiar with black people's hair and you say can i touch your hair first off don't do that. Secondly, only do that if you know that you and this person are like, you know, like you're, you know, like there's a line of connectivity where you you have to be, but it's not your coworker, right? It's not, no. it's not your classmate. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm also saying it for that so that people understand who might not know how serious of a thing this is. Because you would never do that to someone else. Like I wouldn't go to John and be like, "Hey, can I touch your hair?" Like that's not a thing. I was just, I was just gonna say that. Like white people, a great measuring stick is ask yourself, would I be asking or touching this person's hair if they're the same race as me? Well, I like the thing... if you're dating them and like it's like a, a gentle caress, mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. But if, like you said, if it's a coworker, person on the street. A child you're taking care and i'm of. saying this because i Probably and not. i'm saying this because i know there's like it's very important and we don't do this enough when we have these conversations i understand that there's no malicious intent right like it's different texture you mm. kind of want to feel it you're curious like so i understand there's no malicious intent what i'm here to tell you is that it is not received well and don't do that unless that is your best friend <laughs> or your lover or you're like someone that you're completely completely know that you're cool with them and I mean, really cool. Again, yeah. not just your coworker. <laughs> we well, went well, on a tangent there. Like I, I said, apologize, but I really just thought no, that was I a think, big. I thing. think it's an important. Thing. I thought that was a big thing that happened in this episode that, like, they kind of just they dropped it in and then moved on, and then they're like, "Oh, these two people are fighting. Why are they fighting?" Mm-hmm. Well, I think Sophia said one thing that I wish they'd followed up on in confessional or something, because I think it's an important distinction. I think white people, I know white people, are very guilty of seeing black people as one monolithic culture. Mm -hmm. Like, basically saying all black people are the same. And Sophia said, when I first came from Haiti, 
And I don't need to tell mm-hmm. you that as someone coming from a Caribbean country mm-hmm. living in the United States, culturally, there's big differences between the West Indies and African-Americans. Yeah. And I imagine there's also big differences between Haitians and other Caribbean countries. One thousand percent. I've been to the Dominican Republic. They hate Haitians. Yeah. And they share an island. Yeah. It's split 50-50. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's things going on that in that interaction between the two of them that I don't think white people understand that the Haitian experience is different than the Dominican experience, which on top of that is different than the African-American experience. Yeah. And, and I wish they'd asked a follow-up question to be like, what do you mean by that? And oh, like, just to like deeper go into okay, it. Yeah, but, yeah, because I think that's an important thing because white people definitely often think that all black people, all black culture is the same. Well, and especially in the U.S., right? Because the U.S. is very different, right? There's certain pockets where you might get some West mm-hmm. Indian people, but not so much, right? And I mean, we're in Toronto, which is no. just a completely different world very on top West of that, Indian. right? So, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I know this is a super long tangent, but I, this is another scenario and we always invite it, right? Like I want people to write in and ask questions mm-hmm. and, you know, what you guys thought of it or if, you know, you end up checking out the Chris Rock doc because again, it's a really good watch and really informative and really interesting. Like there's so many things behind it that I did not know about that I learned in it and like, you know, culturally, because as John just said, right, it's not a monolith. So, you know, I might know one side of the coin, but I didn't know like the other sides at all. But anyways, apologies. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think this is important. And there's one more thing that I want to add. Even if like a listener or someone who watched this episode is not familiar with the intricacies of black hair culture or like the different uh, black experiences, Ayana failed to give space to Sophia after she had that like mm-hmm. triggering moment. Yeah. Like Ayana never said was like, fair enough. Okay, Sophia, you're having this moment where like it's intimate to like work on someone's yeah. hair. And like suddenly Sophia is not cool with the situation. Mm-hmm. And like it seems like it snuck up on Sophia. Ayana never gave her the space to be like, oh, hey, you didn't realize this was going to be an issue. Yeah. yeah. And like that to me is also problematic. Mm-hmm. Like, forget, I mean, all that other cultural stuff is important, but just like human to human, Ayana was like, oh, your feelings snuck up on you. I get it. That happens. Like, there is no. Yeah empathy especially for someone who's supposed to be friends in the moment or after yeah right there there was we've all frankly we've all gotten a bad haircut (laughs) right like we we can all sympathize with it right but like yeah and i also think the breakdown and maybe they just didn't show it but i don't think sophia did a good job of articulating why it was a problem for her to um Mm -hmm. ayana at all right i don't think sophia told her you know like when she explained to john a i was like oh i totally get that like you're going back to being made fun yeah, of every and, day as a kid because of how your hair looked because you were the different kid in the class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Darrell was in the room too and he was quiet, but like he clearly understood to the implication. Darrell is a wise man that knows when it's just time to sit back and listen. Right? I appreciate that about Darrell. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. He's, he is wise. I also appreciate times with Darrell when you step up and you know that it's times to step up, which he did in this challenge, which they were just supposed to randomly select teams. And clearly one team ended up being better 
quote unquote than the other, or at least that was the uh, the way that things shook down. And again, I, I, the reason why the challenge is amazing is because you break into teams and it's like, oh yeah, our team's way better. But then it ends up being about a puzzle. So like, do you really know if your team's better or not? You know, and I think this went a lot closer than people thought. Uh, but what did you think of this whole breakdown of the teams? I thought it was funny. I mean, we just finished praising Darrell, like in the same breath, but I thought it was funny that like, you would think he would know better than to say, oh, like we've got all the strong guys. I mean, you'd think Darrell would know better than to assume that it was like a strength and endurance challenge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like you think that at, by this point, everyone should know how like, have it in their core that like regardless of what you think it's going to be what you want is a mix yeah. you want a mix of smart people and a mix of strong people no matter what you think it's going to be yeah like that's never going to fail you totally <laughs> like there's there's always going to be some trick where it's going to be like yeah you have to carry this boulder for like 10 miles yeah. but then it's going to break into pieces and it's going to be a puzzle like you just you need a mix and the, the way that this one broke down i mean essentially like it was go get the big puzzle pieces, put together one big puzzle, go get the other puzzle pieces that were in water, <laughs> bring them back, put together another puzzle. Essentially, that was it. Um, but I found this, this challenge really interesting because breaking it into such big teams led you to disagreements and like just opportunity for extreme chaos, right? Because who's going to be in charge? Yeah. Who's going to be yelling? Who's going to take the lead? That was all super interesting to me. It was interesting to me. And also, again, Ayana doing way too much. <laughs> she like, on the one hand, I agree with her that the one thing you don't want to do, like she did recognize that the big challenge, pun intended, is that there's going to be a bunch of them yep. and they're going to start talking over each other. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. That's an issue. But like the way that she was speaking to them like a class of kindergartners, <laughs> I was like, this is not the energy that you want to bring yeah. to this group of people. Like this is not going to go over well. Yeah. Um, I also thought this looked really hard, mm -hmm. like in the sun, you know, they're in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, it would it would be a lot. I mean, part of the issue that's going on with Ayana, though, is that she's got that life shield mm -hmm. from last episode. So she she like she's got the confidence of like no one's touching me um but she also says that she can watch who is and isn't good <laughs> like she seemed to think it gave her superpowers or something. <laughs> she's definitely feeling herself in this episode and it, it's funny because you're right great job by her to realize yeah i'm fine i'll step up and take the lead because i know i'm not in danger because of the life shield the problem is it's still so early in the game and you need to be worried about, are you doing a good job of having people like you? <laughs> because if you don't like someone, you can just, and I, I wrote this down here and I know this ends up coming up way later on. I don't even think it's this episode, but my point is more so you having the life shield just means, okay, cool. Like, I'm just going to put you up and force you to use it at some point. It doesn't mean that you're always going to have it forever, forever, forever. So you need people to like you. And I don't know if people like are liking her right now. 
I mean, it's pretty hard to like her, to be honest. And it's so funny. I have this in my notes. It was like two days ago that she like helped Leah finish, and everyone's like, "Yes, what a competitor! Yeah, like yeah, yeah, so yeah, honorable, yeah, yeah. like so much virtue." Mm-hmm. And then like two days later, they're all like, "Fuck her!" <laughs> like, and everyone we can say it. Everyone in the confessionals were like, "Yeah, it's definitely personal," and blah blah. blah. And it's like, "Why is she so mad at at Sophia?" And it's just like, I don't know. But my question for you is, do you like the Venga Boys? Do I like the Venga Boys? I love the Venga Boys. I love this song in particular. Are you being serious? They're still putting out music. They, yeah. Wait, what? That's not a real thing. What is their second song? What? That I love them or that they're putting out All of out the music? above, you're blowing my mind right now. I am stunned. Their second by this song, song is Boom, Boom, Boom. I want you in my room. <laughs> I forgot about that song. <laughs> Man. my bad I'm, I, you said that as if you were ashamed that i didn't know that and obviously i, I ashamed <laughs> that you didn't know that okay, hold on. two things first off my apologies i do know of that song it is unfair for me to say they were a one-hit wonder cool they are a two-hit wonder <laughs> thank you well come on man like ain't nobody repping for the Venga boys you clearly haven't been to enough pride parades <laughs> okay still number okay, one <laughs> fair and you are correct <laughs> but my point is more so <laughs> that like i the song like i get it like this is a catchy song but like i don't know i, I it gave me bad memories i think mm-hmm. because it was one of those you know there's like you're like dancing right now as if the music's playing and it's not playing at all but i'm humming I have, it. hopefully it picks up on my microphone <laughs> <laughs> i have bad memories of this song because it was one of those like pop songs that you know just get played everywhere it got played literally everywhere for like a year straight like mambo number five or like the macarena or something like that where it's just like okay i get it it's a catchy ass song but this is doing way 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 too much right like when we go back to just what pop music was and i'm sure it happens now but i think it's a lot different now because obviously like I don't want like TRL doesn't exist, right? Like all of those shows that, you know, would tell you or would force feed songs. I mean, they exist on a certain level because Post Malone has a career, but do you know what? what? Hold on. You're going to, you're out here just going to defending Post Malone. Like Post Malone's all right, but we all know Post Malone is a, I'm a big time post. He's a media plant. He's a, he's an industry plant. Like, hold on. You know, Post Malone's dad is like, boys with jerry jones like the dallas cowboys owner post malone's dad is like the vice president of like food and beverage or something like that at cowboy stadium like something ridiculous really yes post malone's dad is boys with jerry jones yes the same jerry jones who i'm gonna go on a bit of a tangent here whose dallas cowboys decided that they weren't gonna win a playoff game for yet another year they just so happened to lose to my san francisco 49ers but on a more important note the dallas cowboys were able to lose a football game the day before martin luther king day and you know what this coincidence is the same dallas cowboys that allowed one kyle rittenhouse to have a grand tour of cowboy stadium and walk around and show them the place and all that stuff couldn't happen to a better team that's fair that's very fair the um, tangents are wild I on this episode say, <laughs> whew, we are all over the place and i love it 
I have a theory about the challenge. All I know you're going to say I have a theory on Jerry Jones in Post Malone, but anyways, thank you for keeping us on track. After this podcast, thank you for keeping us on track. I have a theory about this pod. I have a theory about this season. So we're recording episode three. It's only a ten episode season, thirty percent through. I don't think that you or I actually like the challenge all-stars season two and furthermore i think most people don't like this season okay but they like two things that this season has that the regular challenge doesn't have okay 90s bangers 90s and early 2000s bangers and swearing Mm. i think that's i think people are just here for the cuss words and they miss songs like i'm sorry to say it the vanga boys um right it's interesting because like think about like it's hard to argue that there are bigger fans of the challenge as a franchise Mm -hmm. than sheldon alexander and john chidley hill we have hundreds of hours of proof okay that we are super into this show okay here we are on our third episode we talk more about the music then we talk about what's actually happening on the show. True, it leads us to wild tangents for sure, and even tangents like it's not like Post Malone was a thing, but he just caught strays in this episode for no reason. <laughs> so I know my guy Posty, um, the number one Olive Garden fan. So he's on the he was on the Pokemon soundtrack. How are you gonna hate? I think that you just said enough right there, man. <laughs> I know what you did there. I know what you did there. I know what you did there. Um, no, but do you know, there's nothing I love more than stopping you in your tracks with my ridiculousness (laughs) after however many episodes are on. Yes. Over 200 episodes. Yes. Correct. Um, no, but to your point about the, this season, my take on it is that the reason why I think people like it is because it's just back to the formula of plug and play television it's almost as if you're sitting down to watch like the big bang theory or you're sitting down to watch seinfeld or friends you just sit down and you know what you're gonna get you're gonna get some drama you know some people arguing a little bit someone backstabbing someone then you're gonna get a challenge then you're gonna get an elimination and you're gonna get a next time on bing bang boom Mm -hmm. whereas and then you're gonna get no, no. Whereas I think like what the other challenge went astray. <laughs> no, but the other challenge went astray by like making the episodes super long, um, not having every episode be a challenge and an elimination. Right? You just know what you're gonna get here, and you know the end point is ten episodes, so you know you're getting to it, right? But yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think you're right that the ninety minute episodes hurts the regular challenge. It also really hurts the challenge the regular season that now every season they're introducing people that a north american audience does not yeah so there's less emotional attachment like the last season spies lies and allies we didn't know half of the people right and it's a it's a 30 person cast so it's really hard to get to know them and unlike the fresh meat and fresh meat two seasons which are specifically geared toward introducing new people suddenly we're supposed to be like up on romanian survivor (laughs) it's not gonna happen i think i know a little too much about romanian survivor so agreed (laughs) 
I also think that um, part of part of it's not on the actual challenge, like the producers of the show, mm-hmm. but the last two seasons, three seasons, were produced during the COVID. The, yeah, the last three mm-hmm. seasons were produced during the COVID nineteen pandemic, and that limits who they can oh, bring. Like, we don't have to get into the whole vaccination conversation. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to travel internationally, all your cast members have to be fully vaccinated. Yeah, no, totally. And and it's just it's easier to bring in people from around the world, mm-hmm. right? For a host of reasons. So you know, I understand why people aren't into it, but I'm not going to go so far as to say that the Challenge All Stars is better. No, I just think it's like you said, familiar. And I'm very serious when I say that people enjoy the swearing and people enjoy the. Music. We know that. Like I think that's a big difference. We know that people love nostalgia, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of nostalgia, they also played All Saints, which is another song. Okay, do you know what was funny? Because I was like, "Wait, who sings this song?" I'm like, "I know this song. I definitely know this song. Who sings this song?" But I wasn't gonna look it up because I'm like, "I know John will take care of." Yeah, I mean, Sheldon, you were in North Toronto in 1997. You know All Saints to hear it. <laughs> like, this was... A, <laughs> these were big bops circa 96, 97. Yeah. Uh, speaking, we got we got to perhaps focus up here a little bit. So, the black team wins. Yeah. Which means that Ryan, who volunteered to be, like, the captain, yep. and Ayana from the green team are supposed to go in, but she's automatically safe. Yeah. Because she has a life shield. And TJ's like, all right, vote amongst yourselves to decide who's going to replace Ayana. Before anyone can say anything, she goes, well, I'm team captain. I'm just going to choose. <laughs> I chose Sophia. <laughs> and then has the audacity to say it's a gift. <laughs> Sheldon, should I get that you get that for you as a gift i mean your birthday is a few months away but like you know should i save up to put you in elimination who wants that kind of gift nobody nobody wants that kind of gift get out of here with that that was terrible horrible 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 like i'm not i'm not gonna say i'm a jasmine fan i don't dislike jasmine i'm jasmine neutral Mm -hmm. but she really hits the nail on the head when she said that's not a gift you're just being an asshole <laughs> and then katie says what once was a truly admirable person is turning out to be an asshole and katie like the admirable person bit that was maybe 48 hours yeah ago. <laughs> yeah that was super recent yeah it's like ayana came in and she's like i'm just gonna be the villain i'm just gonna make good tv i'm gonna hit all the marks i'm gonna be the good person i'm gonna be the villain i'm gonna be everything i'm just gonna be the star of the show um we gotta get that screen time i have a question for you though we saw ayana and we also saw tina taking charge here who would be the worst of the two to like be the leader of your squad like who would you rather not work with the most i actually think i would rather not work with tina okay because at least at least Ayana had an agenda. Mm-hmm. It seemed like Tina was just shouting for the sake of shouting. Fair. Totally fair. There's a right, lot of like, shouting going on, which I think is, yeah, we'll get there. But uh, yeah, interesting. 
But now we get to the the strategy portion of it, right? Which is another reason why I think people do enjoy this because you know you get this little huddle up section where promises start to get made and Darrell makes some promises to his crew in which he says, listen, Kohada, uh, MJ, don't worry. You guys in my room, we're a crew. And John, and John A. A, you guys are all safe. Which is weird because I was like, that's not like Darrell to do that. And I also didn't know that Darrell was that cool with any of them beyond we're in the same room, <laughs> right? So I thought that was very strange. But it also led to the, I guess, what is it? The deliberation with, you know, the two winners, him mm-hmm. and Tina. And that was just weird because I think Tina just steamrolled them. He did. Yeah, she did. Before we skip ahead to that, though, we have my line of the episode. <laughs> I know what it is. Yeah. Which is Darrell's plan is to nominate Steve, which is a great plan because I'm not Steve. I'm Kahada. <laughs> it was good. It was well played. Kahada is low key great in confessional. Agreed. Because he's got like that great accent. Mm-hmm. And he's super nice and he's got like a really dry sense of humor that killed me like i had to pause i was laughing so hard no, it was that. good it was definitely good definitely good but like again how did we come up with this plan because basically they started off by saying we don't want to put anyone from the winning team in okay cool so that eliminates a bunch of people um Darrell promises his people they weren't going in but the problem is his peoples were all on the losing team <laughs> right <laughs> so like none of it made sense they dwindled it down and it ends up being mj jody kohada and joe john a which essentially none of those people are Darrell's picks and jody's only in there because tina doesn't like jody so what did Darrell accomplish here nothing <laughs> he he saved no one yeah he did like it was the weakest moment we've ever seen for Durrell. For Durrell. Like it was crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It was yeah. a strange, strange play. Um, the deliberation happens. And the biggest thing was Sophia. Basically she just comes out and says, you know what? I want to go against Jody, which, what did you think of that move? <laughs> That's uh, a long pause I mean... here, my friend. <laughs> I think it was pretty dumb. I mean, John A says it in confessional. Sophia basically just saved her. I also, I think, like, Sophia saying, like, it would be an honor to square off with her. I think Sophia just wanted to go home. Yeah. I also think that something that we're seeing, and we're going to talk about this with episode four, is that some of these people have been away from the challenge for too long, mm-hmm. and they don't understand the game the anymore yeah well they they seem to think that like honor <laughs> is important or like or that it's important to go and improve yourself it's like or winning matters no no what matters is not being eliminated and then winning the final yeah. and like the entire point no matter what the format of the challenge is the entire point is avoid elimination as long as possible or all together if you can and then be good at running far eating gross things mm-hmm. and doing puzzles that's all you have to do on little sleep 
That's that's how you win the challenge. Yeah. Every time. That's that's the game plan. I, it works for everyone. So, you just have to do those four. That's the four steps. And I think we've had moments on the show before where we've seen a person decide that they basically want to go home and they would just rather go home against a good person because then it's like, oh, well, of course I had no chance. Right? Yeah. So I think that's kind of what happened as well. But the other part that's weird about this season is, okay, cool, you're going against Jody, but it could be a puzzle. Right? And it wasn't a puzzle, but it was pretty damn close. It was tic-tac-toe. Like, why couldn't you beat Jody at tic-tac-toe? Do you know what I mean? It's so strange. <laughs> this is why the challenge is amazing because they're playing tic-tac-toe, but for absolutely no reason at all. It's like, okay, well, like I always picture the meetings that they have where they're coming up with the competition. So it's like, okay, guys, who's got an idea? John, what do you got? And you're like, all right, how about tic-tac-toe? But it's not just tic-tac-toe. You got to run back and forth while holding these balls that are on fire. And they're like, boom, that's it. Let's go. Right? It's like, what? It's just tic-tac-toe. And so my greater point, not to like diss what the elimination round is, it's more so just the concept of, Oh no, I have no chance against Jody. It's like, why can't you beat Jody at tic tac toe? <laughs> right? <laughs> My second line of the episode, yeah, I'm taking two, hey. is again Kohada, <laughs> who says, I haven't played tic tac toe since probably the World Championships in Moscow, 1992. So it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> that was my line of the episode, too. It was so good. So good. Great stuff from Kohada. As Sorry you said. for snaking you on that. No, no, no. Hey, listen. I have to. We're a team, okay? We're a team. It's all right. Okay. I have to ask you an important question mm-hmm. in the spirit of teamwork. Okay. What's your go to tic tac toe strategy? Because I have to tell you, in my humble tic tac toe playing opinion, they all done fucked up. <laughs> But how do you play tic-tac-toe? What's your go-to? Well, you have to start in the middle because that just gives you – to me, I like starting in the middle because it gives you the most leeway. But here's the thing that I didn't understand. Like, we didn't see enough blocked games. Like, you'd have to assume that there were blocked yeah. games, right, and they just didn't show it? You have yeah. to assume that. I guess so. I was just going to say, so my go-to strategy is you start top left. Okay. And then you try to go. Oh, I know. Corners. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Because the person's going to take that the way. Middle. You always win. Yeah. Because that way you always know. But like even in regular tic-tac-toe, no, no. if I have first go, mm-hmm. I go top. No, left. no. Because I know what you're saying. You go top left. I'm going to go in the middle. Then you're going to go diagonal to that. And then whatever the next move is, boom, I'm in. Win. Winner, winner, yeah. chicken dinner. It's a great strategy. You either get a win. You either get a win or it's a tie game if you go top left every time. But I think you win because the person's going to go in the middle. The second person is going to go in the middle, at least the first game, right? And then if you go the diagonal corner, whatever their next move is, you just hit the other corner. And then now you got to win no matter what. Yep. Too bad Ayana couldn't figure that out. And she was done. And like brutal mistakes too. Uh, Sophia. Sophia, sorry. Sophia. Sophia. My bad, my bad. Um, but do you know what the funny thing is about that is I didn't understand and I was trying to put myself in their shoes as they were messing up. And it's like, okay, I understand that you're trying to do it really fast, but are you doing it that fast that you're blatantly not seeing 
that you're making the wrong move about to lose? I found that all four competitors, as they were running to and from the tic-tac-toe board, were staring at their feet. <laughs> like, to me, you as you run to the board, you say, like, oh, where are, like, where are we at, <laughs> you know? And you don't even have to look at the board the entire time, just, like, the last 10 feet of your jog, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, Kahuta draws on his world championship experience. Yep wins jody wins pretty easily we've already set our lines of the episode i think we are in agreement of the song of the episode venga boys Mm -hmm. what was (laughs) it was not venga boys it was definitely nas what was i let it slide i let you slide so yes nas got yourself a gun song of the episode kohada since you took it i'll give it to sophia at the very end who she's doing her confessional and she's like to Ayana, you gave me a gift. Then you gave me a gift or sorry, you believe you gave me a gift. And then you gave me a gift. Wait, wait, nah, fuck you, man. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious <laughs> at the end. So shouts to Sophia. Um, the MVP of the episode. I mean, I guess Tina and it didn't fully work out for her, but her plan to like try to get Jody out almost worked except for uh, Sophia's lack of ability to play tic-tac-toe. Cause imagine if Jody goes out yeah. when nobody would have expected it and it would have been a great elimination for her to go out in because again, it's just beating her in tic-tac-toe. So, and she led her team, her and Darrell took advantage of the fact that they're like, you know what? We're going to volunteer now to be the, the, leaders of the team or captains whatever it's called when we know that our team's stacked and then that way you're not running the risk or you're you're lessening the risk of having to volunteer later on when your team might not be as stacked and the numbers might have dwindled but now you can always say oh no we volunteered we already had our shot so i'm gonna give it to i'm i'm giving it to um why am i drawing a blank now i was about to say katie and that's not katie at all tina. tina thank you it's been a long morning man it's been a long morning i'm giving it to tina because she also steamrolled Darrell and like got her agenda through and blatantly disregarded anything Darrell was saying yeah yeah i i see your point i'm gonna go with jody okay and i'll tell you why it's not just that she withstood this attack but it sort of the sense we got from confessionals was that Jody was lacking confidence Mm -hmm. and I feel like now she's got that confidence now she knows that she can do this thing and that she is the bad mother effer Mm -hmm. that she once was you know like still has it you know so glad to see that where can the good people find you on social media um, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander and like and subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcasts. You killed it, pod. Even find us on YouTube and just bless us with the subscribe, you know, and you know, hit the comment section. Let us know. That's how we keep the conversation going. And yeah, we're here. Thanks for making us do the challenge, All Stars. I am enjoying it more than I thought. You're enjoying it more than I am, I think, is my impression. (laughs) 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jchidleyhill. And you can find me on TikTok at Jesus Chuddlesworth. <laughs> which I'm saying slowly because one listener followed and was like, I had to <laughs> roll back to like make sure I got the right uh, TikTok account. So I'm going to say it again. Jesus Chuddlesworth. There you go. Until next week, this was You Killed It. You Killed It!